So we have been talking about uh, in this Christmas series uh, a title or a series that has been, we've entitled uh, A Special Delivery. And I think that when we think about all of the packages that uh, are probably going to show up at your house and have probably already done that, we recognize that a lot of Christmas shopping and giving uh, has come by way of us wanting to make sure that all of these wonderful gifts get to the people uh, that, that we endeavor to get to uh, on time. And I know that as the hours are ticking by, in fact, just two weeks from today is Christmas Sunday, right? Man, it's kind of coming fast. And we know that probably from this moment uh, until then, uh, we're all probably going to get invited to some form of a Christmas party, whether it's at work or whether there are some friends. In fact, our life group, who uh, we officially shut down a couple of weeks ago when the semester was over, we're going to get together for a Christmas party as well. We know that we are in the season for Christmas parties. And almost at every Christmas party, there is some form of gift experience. Exchange. How many know what I'm talking about today, right? They ask you to bring some little gift wrapped up and, uh, uh, you know, whether it's uh, all these different formats, white elephants, and I don't know where all these terms came from, right, about what to do or what to bring, but we know that somewhere in that night that we're going to bring these gifts that we brought and we're going to be part of a gift exchange. And for those of you that have participated in those kind of events, you'll know that inevitably that there will be that one gift that nobody wants. How many know what I'm talking about, right? We realize that as those gifts are opened up, that, that they start getting exchanged and passed around, and somewhere along the line, you're going to get this gift that you are already questioning in your mind. A couple of questions of who would bring such a gift like this to the party, right? And then your follow-up question is how can I get rid of it? I don't want to get stuck bringing this thing home, right? I mean, we're always questioning about these gifts that nobody wants. Over the last couple of years, there's been uh, one of the late-night comedians who has kind of made a, a, a long play on this where he's asked parents to give their kids a gift that, that they are not going to want, that, that is definitely, you know, uh, and so... And then he asked parents to, to film it and send it in. So there is kind of a little bit of a harsh setup to this as kind of funny and sad at times at the same is. But, but kind of the premise is, is giving your kid a gift that they, that they don't want or that they would have never asked for. And so just a short clip about how that plays out to some kids uh, on Christmas. You didn't want that for Christmas? <laughs> yes! It's a half-eaten sandwich. Isn't that what you asked for? No, I asked for the toy. <laughs> what did you say about Santa? He put it on a naughty list. Why? Because you gave me a stupid hello get it, Jen. <laughs> what did you get, Jason? Some black beans, cheese, and a Waffle House hat. Oh. <laughs> Open up a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> so 
kind of funny and sad at the same time, right? Kind of playing that prank on your kid. And then, unfortunately, their reaction to the gift that, that they never wanted. And, and that's really going to be the premise about what I want to share with you this morning. You see, last week, we talked about the gift being revealed. And this Christmas story was really a story of misdirection. I mean, who would have ever written the script for Jesus to show up the way that he did? It's easy for us to look back at the story at this point, and there's still kind of some head scratching along the way about this is the way God chose to have Jesus show up. But the reason why we talked about last week that Jesus showed up is because we needed rescued. You see, the point of the story was is that, that we had an understanding that we were lost, that, that there was a, a huge separation that happened, and God took it upon himself to bring a very special delivery to you and I, and that was by sending his son. We can get the big concept of the story, but yet the delivery was something that we could have never seen coming. And maybe the biggest truth that we talked about last Sunday was it was when the angel came to Joseph, that earthly father figure to Jesus, in the midst of what would have been a truly scandalous story. We talked about it a little bit last week, that, that Mary being impregnated by the Holy Spirit and all of the, as the news would have gone around, that Joseph, this upright standing man who was engaged, espoused to be married, for all intents and purposes in that moment would have been married, right, by, by a sense of the community and to find out that Mary was now pregnant and he knew that, that he had nothing to do with that. And in the midst of all of that scandal and in his own heart to realize what in the world is going on, that the angel of God shows up to Joseph and says, we want you to make sure that you name this child Jesus because he has come to rescue his people from their sins. And I think what I drew out of that with you last week was that in the midst of all of the confusion that was going on, not only in, in Joseph's mind, but in his heart, in the midst of a scandalous story about how could anything this bad go right, is the angel wanted Joseph to make sure that he proclaimed that his name would be Jesus because he would rescue people from their sins. You see, God wanted Joseph to know in the moment, even when you don't know what is happening, when you can't fathom and you can't get your arms around the whole situation, you are to declare that God is working for your best, that God sees what you don't see. Joseph had to declare this truth in a very tough time. And that was my word for you last week, that no matter what situation or struggle that we might find in life, that God wants you to be able to speak the name of Jesus over your life, over your family, over situations that you don't understand, things that you struggle with. There is a Christ that came to rescue you. Can you say amen with me this morning? What powerful words that the angel would share with Joseph that day. I think, again, the significance of doing it was to confirm not only in Joseph's heart but in our heart as well that what God promises even when we can't see it in the moment God fulfills you see the Christmas story is full of promise 
What a special delivery that God made available to us in Christ. But today I want to talk to you about another delivery as well that comes to us through the Christmas story. Today I want to talk to you about the gift that nobody wanted. The gift reviled. Last week we talked about the gift revealed and and how it was that God would come to us in this world. But today I want to take a moment and talk about the the gift that nobody wanted, about this gift that was reviled. Matthew tells us a lot about the birth of Christ, and we reflect from his story at Christmas time every year. But, but he also tells another part of the story. We read it in Matthew chapter 27. When the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. When they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom shall I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? The chief priests, as well as the crowd, answered and said unto him, Give us Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they said unto him, Let him be crucified. So he released Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he, say this word with me everyone, he delivered. He delivered him to be crucified. Now I know where some of your minds be right now, you're saying, well pastor, this doesn't really sound like the kind of special delivery message that we would normally hear on a Christmas Sunday morning. This is the time uh, is, is not right for us to consider the, the end of the story, but, but it's for us to, to revel in the fact of this special gift that was delivered for us. You see, it was on this day in Jerusalem that Jesus became the gift that nobody wanted. When he asked the crowd, who, who would I give unto you? What gift can I give to you as the people of this season? And the crowd roared, give us Barabbas. So what then should I do with this Jesus who was delivered unto you? And they cried out, let him be crucified. Jesus being the gift unto all of the world that on this special day in Jerusalem that nobody wanted. You see, what I've come to find out in this gift-giving season is that we can be fooled by the packaging, right? Just like you can't judge a book by its cover, we have a tendency to think that this Christmas story is just this pristine, beautiful little story that we portray on these three Sundays in December. We make sure that everything is sparkly bright, and we make sure that the tree looks beautiful. There's a, a little baby doll that's wrapped in swaddling clothes. We make a little manger, and we put some straw in it, and we decorate our house, and, and we have this idea of, of Christmas being so beautiful and so pristine. We, we have a, a feeling maybe to think that that particular stable uh, that would receive the Christ child, they must have had the softest and cleanest hay of any barn in Bethlehem that day, right? I mean, Jesus was showing up. How, how good must it have been? 
I grew up in central Pennsylvania, kind of in farm country uh, in my life, and I cleaned a lot of cattle and horse stalls in my day. I can tell you it's one of the worst jobs on the planet, that the smells are horrific and, and difficult to take. But we would have a sense on this little barn in Bethlehem that day that it would have been way different, right? I mean, that bar, it probably smelled like lavender and vanilla, yes? I mean, this beautiful smell, why? Because the Christ child was about to be delivered. It would have been a peaceful and a tranquil night. I mean, one for the ages. The cows probably mooed little lullaby sounds, right? So that everyone would have a good night's sleep. I guess if we could encapsulate it, it would be like a precious moment's Christmas. Was that the delivery of this wonderful gift that God brought into the world. You see, I have this sense that if we were given the choice of a beautifully wrapped Christmas gift over one that looked like it had been run over by an 18-wheeler, that we would have picked the nice one every time. Why? Because packaging matters. In fact, some of you at those Christmas parties, you, you bit, right, on the play being fooled by the packaging. You know that somebody got some horrible gift, some gift that nobody would want, some that would be the laugh of the Christmas party, but they wrapped it so beautifully. I mean, they spent probably more money on the wrapping than they did on the gift. Anybody, right? I mean, big bows and little cinnamon sticks attached and this little flower. And when you all walked in and saw all of the gifts lined up around for the gift exchange, you already made up your mind what gift you were going after. Man, I'm going after that gift. It's so beautifully wrapped on the outside. It Come on, I know I'm talking to a lot of you here today. Only to find out that the packaging was not what was contained on the inside. They got you. You were fooled by the packaging. You see, when we come to the Christmas story, oftentimes we read about these wonderful promises of Christmas. We often go to Isaiah chapter 9 as one of our, our strong go-tos. For unto us a child is born and a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I mean, even as we begin to read those words, there's just kind of this crescendo among the church to realize, man, we're about to celebrate what wonderful words for Christmas. This is the Jesus. This is the Jesus that we wanted Christmas this is the one that, that we want to talk about, that we want to proclaim. But we have to realize that not only did Isaiah write these words in chapter 9, but we go a few chapters back, just like Matthew did. And we recognize that Isaiah had more of a story to tell about this special delivery that has come to each and every one of us. We read in Isaiah 53, but that he was despised and rejected of men. That he would be a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it was, our faces from him. Again, words that we don't often think about as part of the Christmas story, as part of this special delivery, that it would be a gift that nobody would want. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. 
And yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He had no form of comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. You see, the people, they would accept Jesus as a baby, but they would despise him as their king. And maybe before we get too judgmental or self-righteous against this mob who screamed for Barabbas that day, maybe we, oh, we want baby Jesus. We want Christmas Jesus. You see, he's small, quiet, controllable. We just swaddle him. We just kind of put him in a place that that, that we want him to be. There's a spot that, that we have for him as part of the story of our life. But there's more to his story. This child king who would grow, he grew with a message that, let's be honest, at times is a little hard to swallow. See, it's that packaging of, of, of what we want Jesus to be to us for a lot of us. We want Christmas Jesus. We want baby Jesus. We want it to go the way we want it, but, but that baby grew, and his message of why he came, the need for you and I to be rescued, but for you and I not to live as unto ourselves, but to live as under him. You see, that's why the people, they would accept baby Jesus, but not grown-up Jesus. You see, he grew up with a message that can be hard to swallow. It was Jesus who said that we should die to ourself. It was Jesus who said, rejoice when you're persecuted. It was Jesus who said, listen, you get slapped on your cheek, then I want you to turn your other cheek and let them slap that cheek too. It was Jesus said, if you want to be first, then go back and stand at the end of the line. It was Jesus who said, what, you think that, that your money is yours? Your money isn't yours. You don't give. You see, it's Jesus, this Jesus that people have problems with. And if you're not striving to walk in the teachings of who Jesus truly is, then we are choosing Barabbas as well. You see, the choice today is, yeah, let's embrace baby Jesus Let's embrace the story and all the wonderful little things and the nuances that go along with it. But baby Jesus didn't stay baby Jesus. He grew up. And the challenge now for you and I is what are we going to do with the words and the message of this Christ King that has come? You see, it was that message that the people rebelled against. They wanted nothing to do with that Jesus. And given the choice, they would make any other choice but that Jesus. I know this is the season for a lot of kids, and, and maybe it hasn't been you yet, but, but I would imagine that a lot of you that have little ones at your house have probably already written their Christmas wish list. They've been thinking about it maybe for a long time, and, and the time has come to talk with moms and dads about, about writing out their Christmas wish list. 
I don't know how many of you would say today, listen, all I want for Christmas is a mannequin Jesus. Well, what is that, Pastor Jim? I mean, what, what is going to be on my list, again, just to have, again, this replica, this, this idea of Christmas or this Christ child who came to the earth, this storybook Jesus? You see, a lot of us, we might not be willing to say it, but the fact is, is that I want a Jesus that, that stays where I put him. I want a Jesus, one that, that doesn't say anything or challenges my choices when I want to do what I want to do. I, I want a Jesus, one that, that I can control. I, I can dress him up and, and make him look the way I want him to look so that I can do what I want to do. See, maybe you've never thought about it, but more than anything else, a lot of us just want a mannequin Jesus. We want that little baby doll to put by the tree, and as long as he stays where he's at, as long as he doesn't meddle or interfere with the things that I want to do or the choices that I want to, as long as that message that, that he's preaching, as long as it doesn't interfere or overshadow the things that I want to do, there's not going to be a problem. But the minute that, that he starts kind of getting in deep, starts opening up doors that, that he should leave alone, starts talking into my heart about some of those things that, that I don't want anybody to be bossing or telling me around, well, now... Now there's going to be a problem. You see, that mannequin Jesus, it just kind of sounds like, like a baby, right? And we just dress them up. We doll them up. We show them off. But at the end of the day, we're clear to make sure who's the boss, who's leading this thing. See, I'm here to tell you today, friends, that Jesus is no longer the babe in the manger. You see, we recognize that he came but more than anything else, we have to recognize that he is the powerful, mighty King of kings and Lord of lords. You see, you have a choice with the gift that has been given to you today. There has been a gift that has been revealed. But unfortunately, through the centuries, there has been a gift that has been reviled and the reason why nobody wants the gift of Jesus because the message is not that he's a babe that we think about one or two Sundays a year, but that he is this king that has the desire to have control of your heart and of your life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 30 days every month, 365 days every year, that it is his desire to come into our life, that, that he is not there to do what we want him to do, but that he is there so that he can get us to do what it is that he he has come to do in this life, that he is not there to follow through on our childish, selfish desires, to stay silent on our questionable life choices, as a child to be seen but not heard. His coming has given you and I the wonderful opportunity to be changed into his image, to see our life dramatically changed for the better. He came so that we could partner with him, his mission, his mandate, and in so the ability to change the world that is around us. Adrian, maybe you can come and help me today. See, the idea that there is a gift that has been given, and unfortunately, whether we're able to verbalize it or not, there are probably pieces of our heart, parts of the message that we would rather not receive that we'd rather have nothing to do with. We'd rather keep the story 
a story. We'd rather keep Jesus as a babe in the manger rather than recognizing that he truly, his place in our hearts is that he is the king, that he is the mighty one, that he is the one that we serve, that we desire to partner with. You see, we get to share in this beautiful, true Christmas message. Let's be honest, one that is far from some idyllic Hallmark movie. This story that has been revealed to us was written in a way that that we would have never seen coming. It involved decisions and seeming scandals that, that put people to the test, to the moment. What is God doing? How could it go this way? But the story never stopped with those questions. You see, the Bible tells us that when Jesus started his ministry and his message of discipling, of dying to self, you get slapped on wine. You see, when Jesus started that part of his message, the Bible tells us in John chapter 6 that that day the multitudes and crowds no longer followed him. You see, they accepted baby Jesus, but they weren't too sure about this King Jesus. They were okay with the, with the Jesus that they could place, that they could wrap up, that they could, that they could put in little outfits and show off. Look at me, this Christian, this window dressing. I know all of the stories. I know all of the moves. I know how to keep Jesus. Everybody thinks, but but I have the ability to keep his message as far away from me so that I can do the things that I want to do rather than doing the things that he would want me to do. You see, this whole story was far from the Hallmark movie, but one where God Almighty would go to such extreme lengths. Listen to me, church about being born of the Holy Spirit into this sinful world through a virgin girl and all of the chaos that ensued because of that. Being despised by his family. When Jesus announced the time of my ministry is to begin, the reason why I came is to be able to share the truth of the message of heaven. And the Bible tells us that those in his family despised him for that and rejected him. He adored the trials of man to be shackled and to stand before rulers of this world pronouncing judgment on him, this king who created all that we see and experience. He felt the pain of one of his closest friends deny him in his most desperate hour. When he went through the most horrible experience that could have ever happened to a human and thinking, if I could just at least have one friend, at least one that will stick with me, somehow, somehow I'll be able to make it through. And then to even hear that close friend not only deny him once, twice, 
but again and again and again. Hearing a crowd prefer a convicted murderer over him. It was the people that he came to rescue and to hear their cry. But what should we do with this Jesus who is called the Christ? Let him be crucified. To be whipped and beaten and ultimately to die on a cruel cross. Why? Why go through such lengths? Why endure such pain? Why be the gift that nobody wants? So that through the choice that God put into the soul of everyone is that we would realize at some point in our life that we are lost and that we were in need of divine rescue. I would imagine that there are a lot of us in this room today that at one point in your life heard the truth of the gospel. You felt the weight of your own sin. It was time to cash in baby Jesus from under the tree and to be able to take on this Christ King. To recognize that I'm done following my own selfish ways, my own selfish desires that at the end of the day have gotten me nowhere to recognize that his ways are so much higher than mine. That his message is so much more than mine. I came to the understanding that I needed rescued. And the reason why the story plays out is so that each and every one of us could have the opportunity to receive the greatest gift offered to all humanity that when we recognize why Jesus was able to endure all of that was so that you and I could receive salvation from our sin. That we could recognize that which kept us away from God now calls us and draws us to become a son and daughter of the Most High Living God. A God who saw me in my worst and yet gave me his very best. And not only with that promise to know that I could be rescued, to know that I could be saved, but to know that I could have a place with him in heaven for all eternity. That I was lost, but God saw me in my lostness and provided me the most amazing rescue. I could have never written the story about how we came, but yet I recognize that it's my hand and the pen of my life that writes the story about how I will receive this Christ King. You see, packaging matters. We've all been fooled into the idea of our own grandeur about how I'm going to write my story, about how I can be good enough to get everything that I want and that certainly God must receive me because of who I am. The packaging matters. In fact, when Jesus came, this is how he came. Who doesn't love a baby? Who doesn't love the story of a Christ child? Who doesn't love that little swaddling doll that we wrap up around our tree to realize, boy, so pure, so innocent, so lovely, 
God loved us, that we have a story of a baby at Christmas. This is the way that Jesus came to us. But this is how he left. Was reviled. At the hands of man to declare, who do you think you are? What is it that I should do with this Jesus? Isaiah said, as we looked upon him, there was nothing that would have drawn us to him. He was despised and afflicted of men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. You see, the Christmas story isn't as beautiful as we make it out to be. There is always a price for our sin. There's also a life. There's always a life that has to be given so that you and I could understand truly what the hope of Christmas is all about. The packaging, my friends, matters today. The packaging matters. Not only that he came, but why did he endure the suffering and the pain, the whipping and the beating, the crown of thorns upon his head? Why is it that he, at the hands of man, would be reviled and hear the chance we would rather have Barabbas than this Jesus? It was so that you and I would have the choice to be able to receive the greatest gift that humanity could ever receive. It was the craft of Christmas and him leaving this way by hearing the jeers of the crowd to crucify him. Our sin, the Bible says, that was piled upon him. He who knew no sin but became sin for us. To cry out to his father on the cross. Father, even you, why have you forsaken me? Why have I become the gift that nobody, that nobody wants? Placed between two criminals. And all of this for the most special delivery that any of us could have ever been given the opportunity to receive. So I have a question before we close this morning. What are you going to do with this gift of heaven today? What are you going to do with this Jesus? That was Pontius Pilate's question. What is it that you would have me do with Jesus? And I want to ask you the same question this morning. For those of you that I know are familiar with the story, but I want to ask you really today, not only where is Jesus, but which Jesus, which Jesus is in your heart today? This Christmas baby Jesus or this Jesus of power and message and life that's not garnered by my selfish choices, but my desire to do his will. You see, this example of the king that we follow is not of his own because even when they asked Jesus, why are you here? He said, I'm here to do the will of my Father in heaven. You see, that's what the gift is all about today. The gift is about a choice. 
a choice of which Jesus is going to dominate, is going to rule your Christmas this year. We have the choice of either accepting the gift or rejecting the gift. Some might ask, Pastor Jim, how do I get the gift today? Well, the Bible tells us that we choose and then we receive. We invite Jesus to be the Lord of our life. You see, can I kind of dive in and poke a little more today? You see, it's more than just maybe someone in the house today or watching online that has never done that before. And today it might be a, a morning of, of true salvation for you, of realizing of what there was, a God that came to take your pain, your sin, your suffering, to place it upon himself and to provide you the opportunity, the choice to receive him today. How wonderful a message. But there's more to it than that because there are those of us today that might claim to be a follower of Jesus, a Christian, but we're just serving a mannequin Jesus. Just a Jesus that you can dress up, a Jesus that you can pose, a Jesus that you can place and just say, you know what, you stay there. I know all the lingo, I know the outfits to wear, I know the services to attend, but when it comes right down to it, Jesus, you just stay where you are. And I might be talking to a few people in the house or online today like that this morning as well. That if we just peel back the wrapping of your so-called life, this is the Jesus that you need this morning as well. There is a moment of choice for you today as well. The same way to invite Jesus, not baby Jesus, not your Jesus, but full Jesus, real Jesus, King Jesus into your life this morning. Revelation chapter 3 says, here I am, Jesus speaking. I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice, and I don't know if there are anybody in this room today or those of you online, if you are hearing the voice of God in your soul this morning, you are hearing his knock. You're hearing the Spirit's cry saying, listen, it's time to put baby Jesus away. And it's time to receive the full Jesus. This King Jesus it's time to stop doing Jesus your way. It's time to start doing Jesus his way. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If anyone hears this voice today and opens the door, I'll come in. You see, the greatest special delivery that I want to offer you today is that no matter where you are at today, maybe for the very first time that you've asked Christ to come into your life, or maybe some would say, well, Pastor, I did that years ago, but, but if I'm honest this morning, I've been living with a mannequin Jesus, not the real Jesus. Then today you need to open up that door again for the King to come into your heart so that no longer are you doing what you 
want to do, to, to have Jesus the way you want him, but it's time to finally surrender. Come on, somebody say yes. It's time for you and I to fully surrender to who Jesus truly is. Can I ask you this morning, what have you done with this precious gift of Jesus this morning? Would you bow your heads with me today? In fact, I'd love before we close this morning, maybe to invite all of us to spend a moment together around this altar to maybe ask ourselves the question, what Jesus truly is it that I am serving today? Have I been comfortable coming to church with just simply the baby Jesus of Christmas? Is it just a mannequin Jesus that I have? Or am I truly willing to allow him to be the King, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords in my life. What gift are you willing to open today?